podcast from Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk. If you remember, we've been looking at the beginnings of the early church as we followed on from Easter as the Holy Spirit came. And then we've seen as the early church has begun to go around preaching and teaching, just educating people about Jesus, who he is and what he's done for us. Um, And the Holy Spirit has come so that those believers might be empowered to do God's work. And as they're sharing the good news, there's so many that have put their faith and their trust in the Lord Jesus. We saw last week Peter and John going about their day to day, but in that, that they were looking for opportunities to love on people. And we saw the man who'd been lame from birth was able to walk again because because of the power that's in the name of the Lord Jesus. And as the church then has continued to grow, as it continues to grow through the, the book of Acts, there's obviously opposition. Naturally, People, uh, Jewish leaders, etc., don't want to see this Christian church grow. And there's a persecution. The church is scattered, um, and, and mostly this is approved by and pushed by a man um, who they call Saul. And we're going to have a look at him on Wednesday evening, God willing, at seven o'clock. You can tune in via our Facebook page. Our, Um, And you can have a look at that 7pm on Wednesday evening. But the Lord meets Saul and shows him his error, shows him his mistakes. Uh, Jesus changes his name then from Saul to Paul. And you'll know Paul because he wrote almost half of the the New Testament, maybe even a little bit more than half. So it's a, a drastic change in this man's life from imprisoning and murdering Christians to being one who is at the forefront of spreading the gospel, the good news about Jesus Christ. Only God could do that in a person. Amen. Only God can change a life so drastically. So what we're going to do is go from where we were, Acts early, one, two and three. Last week, we're going to march all the way forward to Acts chapter 17. And Paul here is doing what he now does best. He is sharing the good news about Jesus Christ. He's telling people about what Jesus has done. It doesn't matter where they are doesn't matter where they from uh, where they're from it doesn't matter who they are paul just wants to tell everybody about jesus and about god's love for them so we're going to have a look acts chapter 17 verse 16 through 34 um, and the words god willing will be up on screen but you can follow with me if you've got your niv bible Um, A little bit of prayer for me as I continue to read this will be helpful. You'll see why in just a moment. While Paul was uh, waiting for them in Athens, he was greatly distressed to see that the city was full of idols. So he reasoned in the synagogue with both Jews and God-fearing Greeks, as well as in the marketplace day by day with those who happened to be there. A group of Epicurean and Stoic philosophers began 
to debate with him. Some of them asked, what is this babbler trying to say? Others remarked, he seems to be advocating foreign gods. They said this because Paul was preaching the good news about Jesus and the resurrection. Then they took him and brought him to a meeting of the Areopagus, where they said to him, may we know what this new teaching is that you are presenting? You are bringing some strange ideas to our ears and we would like to know what they mean. Verse 22, Paul then stood up in the meeting of the Areopagus and said, people of Athens, I see that in every way you are very religious. For as I walked around and looked carefully at your objects of worship, I even found an altar with the inscription to an unknown God. So you are ignorant of the very thing you worship. And that uh, this is what I'm going to proclaim to you. The God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temples built by human hands. And he is not served by human hands as if he needed anything. Rather, he himself gives everyone life and breath and everything else. From one man, he made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from any one of us. For in him... We live and move and have our being. And some of your own poets have said, we are his offspring. Therefore, since we are God's offspring, we should not think that the divine being is like gold or silver or stone, an image made by human design and skill. In the past, God overlooked such ignorance, but now he commands all people everywhere to repent. For he has set a day when he will judge the world with justice by the man he has appointed. He has given proof of this to everyone by raising him from the dead. When they heard about the resurrection of the dead, some of them sneered, but others said, we want to hear you again on this subject. At that, Paul left the council. Some of the people became followers of Paul and believed. Among them, were Dionysius, a member of the Areopagus, also a woman named Demarius, and a number of others. And we pray the Lord might bless the reading of his word as we've done that together. I tell you, there are some words in there, weren't there? Frightened me when I, uh, when I first started studying it. I panicked a little bit. I thought I've bitten off more than I can chew here. But nevertheless, this is uh, where the Lord has called us to have a look today. So Paul here is in Athens the capital of Greece. He's waiting for Silas and Timothy. They were going to join him in order to help spread the gospel, to share the load so that they could go out preaching and teaching Jesus Christ. This short moment in time is so good for us as we find ourselves in our moment of time right now. Not because he's in Greece and Potentially it's warmer and uh, uh, and everything's just a little bit greener and nicer and, and much more uh, wonderful. Um, but but uh, because he's educating the, the people from Athens about their surroundings, what they've surrounded themselves with, what they've collectively then agreed to, that actually that they're missing the mark. And they need to open their eyes. 
This is what Paul's about to, to do for them here as he heads into this council. Now, to bring it home a little bit for us today, as we find ourselves now in May, we're the fifth month of the year already. Where has that gone? Um, but we're in May and we've been in this moment now that we find ourselves in sort of 12 to 15 months. There's a long period of time passed um, where we've been, uh, things have been very different because of the, the global pandemic. But the question for us to think of is what have we seen? What have we heard? What have we witnessed over the past 15 months? And think about our collective experience. Have that, if we can, at the very front of our minds as we just journey through this passage of Scripture. What have we experienced? What have we collectively agreed to? What are we, what's our mindset been over these past few months? As Paul walks around Athens, he sees statues, he sees beautiful temples, idols everywhere made of silver and gold and stone. Even as the word records for us in verse 23, there's an idol for an unknown God, an altar, sorry, for an unknown God. And when as Paul says this in front of the council, even now today as we read it, it's almost laughable, isn't it? Yet collectively, as a group of people from Athens, it's been signed off. What do I mean by that? Well, it, we are party to it because we haven't done anything about it. You with me? So we collectively have agreed. That's what happens. So this is well, we're party to it. Whether we like it or we don't like it, we're still part of it because we are collectively signing it off. We agree because we haven't disagreed. Now, thinking specifically about church and about who we are on our day to day and, and the past 15 months that we've all been through and, and of course we've all had different experiences through that time yet nevertheless it's been the same boat that we've been in. We, Hope Church, have a beautiful building. Um, it isn't ours, we rent it um, but that makes no difference whatsoever but it's important for us to just lay the foundation um, we call that building home. In fact, we even have some artwork just as you walk through the door that says welcome home. Now, we know as a church that it's not really our home. The word tells us we're encouraged to note that heaven is our home, that one day we will be in glory with our saviour. So church, our building, is our home away from home. And we've been separated from that for a long period of time. And it's been very different. It's been very difficult. You know, preaching in front of a camera is far harder than preaching to a congregation. The reason being is I, as a preacher, I look for feedback. So what people are doing, whether they're nodding off or whether they're laughing along to my terrible jokes. Either way, it's nice to see what's happening. Um, 
not the nodding off part, I suppose, but you know, you get used to it. Um, but, but when you're talking to a camera lens, well, you have no idea what the reaction is. Um, you may have already turned over and aren't even listening to this. I hope not. Um, but you, you may be listening and you may be completely involved in what's happening now. But what we as a church love about our building is that it's a, a space where we can come together and we can collectively worship. It's our home in the sense that it's our part of heaven that's not quite heaven yet. So we get to worship God together. We get to bring glory to our saviour. And right now we're worshipping collectively, but we are separated. And that's not been easy. I'm the first to say it hasn't been easy. Yet, maybe in these moments that we've been through over the past 12 months plus, maybe we've needed a little bit of a reset. Now think about it for a moment that we collectively know that we go to church, we spend time together, we worship together, but collectively that's really the space where we've been ourselves as Christians. Now, I, help me here, just work with me and think about it um, from your point of view, that we go to the building, we call that building church, we spend time together, worshipping God then we come away from that building and the question is are we living that life outside of those four walls and we've had time over the past 15 months to see that actually as we just reflect now and have a look have we been spending time in the word have we been worshipping God have we had the worship music on have we been praying Look at it over the past 15 months and think, well, actually, the times where I would have read the word would have been on a Sunday morning or a Wednesday evening. But actually, in between times, perhaps I've not done as much as I would have done or the good conversations that I would have had maybe would have happened at the toddler group on a Friday. Maybe they would have happened on a Tuesday as we went along to our Hope Kitchen or whatever services um, or outreach your church has. They're the times maybe where you would have talked about the Lord and perhaps that's not happened. And we have to think about our position. Are collectively, are we agreeing that actually that was what we were and who we are? Or actually now as we're able to just reset and have a look um, at, at, at what's here in the word, should we be thinking a little bit wider than that? And have we had time to just process things perhaps a little bit better? We have, by God's grace, most of the churches have really beautiful buildings with plush interiors. And I'm all for that. I am. We've been um, in, a, in a sports hall as a church for a long time. We had to set up and, and take down. And there's so many churches do that. And that's absolutely perfect. That's fine. It's just a place where we can meet together. I'm all for the, the beautiful buildings that are owned. They look great. They look wonderful. And everything's set up inside, ready for people to just come in and engage and, and dig into the word or to hear about the Lord Jesus Christ. It's fantastic. But that building is not church. That building is not church. Listen to verse 24. 
Paul says this, he says, the God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temples built by human hands. Paul couldn't be more clear there, could he? You know, we don't go to that building so that we can have a conversation with God or know that God's there with us. We know he is and we know we can. But I also know that if I'm travelling along in my car, if I'm sat in my front room, if I'm still sat up in bed and I've closed a magazine or a book that I've been reading, I can pray in that moment. Why? Well, because God isn't just in a building. He doesn't need a building to dwell in that sense. As we look at what Paul's saying here, we worship a God, as the Bible tells us, who is everywhere all of the time. He's omnipresent. But also, as we've received the Holy Spirit, remember we go back to the beginning of Acts, the Holy Spirit lives inside of us. As Christians, as we put our faith and our trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit lives inside of us. Paul says in Ephesians that we should make the, uh, the Spirit feel like he's comfortable, that he should down home. He should put his feet up in our hearts because he is comfortable. And that's what Paul is alluding to here. God doesn't need a temple. He doesn't need extravagance. That's not what he needs. He needs something just a little bit more simple than that. And let's just continue. In verse 25, he says this, and he is not served by human hands as if he needed anything. Rather, he himself gives everyone, everyone life and breath and everything else. So we're not about the building. God's not about the building. And also he's not about, well, you and me having to give him things because he can't do it himself. God doesn't need us, but rather he gives us the ability he gives us everything that we need, life and breath and everything else, in order for us to worship him, in order for us to bring glory to him, in order for us to give our life to him. He's given us everything. So what then does that mean for us on our day to day? If the nice building isn't the church, and God doesn't need statues and temples or, or even as we see there, he doesn't need us to to do something because he's unable to. Yet he has given us love and all the means to worship him and spread the good news. What is required then? Let's have a look at verse 26 through 28. It says this. From one man he made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth and he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from any of us. For in him we live and move and have our being. As some of you uh, of your own poets have said, we are his offspring. That's amazing, isn't it? As we start to unlock that then, maybe God has used this time over the past 15 months to help us to reset, to help us just to refocus, to help us just to see who we are and how how that affects our day-to-day, -day, not just our Sunday, perhaps, or where, whenever your Bible study is during the week, or Wednesday, or Tuesday, or Thursday, whatever day it might be. 
That's not just when we are a Christian. I am a Christian all of the time. It is who I am. First and foremost, I am a Christian. I am a husband. I am a father. I'm a pastor of a church. I also am a I own my own business, whatever that works out as, I've no idea. In fact, I'm still waiting for my wife to give me a job title. Um, but, but as you go through that, there are things who we say we are. But first and foremost, I am a Christian. I am in Christ. And everything else then falls into place by, by who we are in the Lord Jesus. Paul's really quite clear with that. He helps us to see that really simply. What does God then require of us? Well, we just have to think really simply. Sometimes we overcomplicate things. First of all, then, as we have had time to, to reset, to refocus, and as there's moments while you're just thinking about what the word's saying, perhaps we've been collectively in agreement by the way that we've operated. But listen, now as we see it, we don't need a building to preach Jesus. Amen. We don't need a building to preach Jesus. Have we not seen that? We don't need a building to preach Jesus. I've done it in my front room, as you can see, off of my camera, in order for us to share the good news about Jesus Christ. But you've been able to do that via Zoom, via Skype, by messages, WhatsApp, whatever it might be. We've been able to share the good news about Jesus Christ. Well, by every means available to us, even though we've not been able to see people face to face, as in meeting them in the street. And now restrictions are starting to ease. Have we learned anything? This is the question. Have I learned anything? Have we grown from and through these moments? You know, the buildings, they are wonderful. They are nice. Church, they are useful. But they are not the church. They are not the church. We are. We you and me, our children, our family, our friends, those that we spend time with in church who know and love the Lord Jesus Christ, those who we spend time interacting with on our day-to-day -day basis, who are like-minded, who know the Lord Jesus Christ as their own personal saviour, we are the church. So it doesn't matter where the building is, we are the church. So if we meet in the park, we can worship him. Why? Well, because we are the church. It's not a building. It doesn't matter where we meet. We met in a, a village hall, as I've already said, in a, in, a, in a what was a gym floor. And we met there for a few years. It doesn't matter where you meet, whether it's in the school classrooms, whether it's in your house, because that's as big as the church is right now. These are the places where we are. That's the church. And, and church, we have to grasp that because otherwise we can lose focus and we feel like, well, oh, well, if I get you along to church, then the pastor at the front of church, the preacher, the teacher, whoever it might be, it will share the gospel with you. Well, what are you doing? Share the gospel. Share the good news about Jesus Christ. Your life has been changed because of what God has done for you through his son, the Lord Jesus. Tell people. Because if we don't tell people, we're just withholding life-giving news. 
We're withholding salvation. Share with people. Yes, get them along to church. I want them to be at church. We want them to be there to, to sit down and to enjoy and to just be waited on, to be loved. Maybe they've never had that before. We can do that as a church. But my word, don't withhold the gospel. Share the good news about Jesus Christ. We, we've had time to reset. And my encouragement for us as, as his church is to know who we are before we start anything. Let's know who we are in him and through him. God requires just something very simple. Let me read again for you verse 28. For in him we live and move and have our being. In him we live and move and have our being. All God requires is a heart that desires a relationship with him. Church, don't overcomplicate it. I don't, you don't have to think, well, I'm not a very good preacher. I struggle to, to read aloud. I struggle to pray aloud. Don't overcomplicate it. Just be who God's called you to be. Just bring that heart that says, I love the Lord Jesus and I want to serve him. Just bring that. That's all that needs to be brought. Just bring that. This church is what Paul's saying to these people in Athens. You're missing the point. Don't go around being all religious, but just love God. Know who he is, love him and serve him. Start then with our heart. Start with your heart, my heart. Start with your heart and our relationship with Jesus. And church, the rest will follow. The rest will undoubtedly follow. You know, I cannot wait to get back to our building and worship together. I can't. It's been so long and it's been so, it's been difficult. There have been different tough times. And we need it, don't we, to get together. The word tells us at the beginning, uh, as we go through the church in Acts, that we shouldn't be in, uh, as, as Paul continues to preach, forgive me, he says, don't be in the habit of, uh, of forgetting to meet together. Um, and that's, that's important for us as a church. We need to remember that we are better when we are together. Because you empower me and I empower you. So together then, we're empowered. We can push forward. We give each other the confidence that we need. And we have no fear. And naturally then, as a church, there are people that have different strengths and when we bundle all that together on paper it shouldn't work yet because God's at the very centre it does work and we become this vessel for sharing and spreading the good news about Jesus Christ in so many different ways there are so many things that make up the church but we mustn't forget that we can do all of these things anywhere we can worship anywhere, we can pray anywhere, we can share Jesus anywhere because this is our God-given ability, our right that God has put in our lap that we are able to worship him wherever we are. The Holy Spirit lives inside of us. Church, we are, as I continually call us and have done, we are the church. Separated at this point, very close to being able to get back together and to some kind of normality. But we are the church. And all we need to do is focus on him. 
Let him work through us because he knows, church, what's next. He knows what's next. God doesn't need a fancy building or aspire to show his greatness or his splendour. It's seen through creation. It's seen through you and me, sinners who have been saved by his grace. We are the church. Together we are stronger and soon... As restrictions ease, we're going to be in a position to push forward the gospel to our towns, our cities and the surrounding areas. Our question that we have to think on today is, are we ready? Let's focus our heart on him because he, church, is able. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you once again for your word. Father, we thank you for its encouragement. And I just pray, Lord, that you would help us to just reflect. Father, help us to think. Help us to focus our minds, to focus our attention on putting you first in our lives. We thank you that, Father, before all things, we are saved because of what the Lord Jesus Christ has done for us. First and foremost, I am a Christian. And I just pray, Lord, that you would just bless us, that you would strengthen us, uphold us over these coming days, weeks and months. We look forward to being able to meet together again, Father, that together we are collectively strong and we can push forward the good news about Jesus Christ. We can tell people of all that you've done for us. So just bless us now, we pray, as we continue in our worship. Be with us, Lord, we ask in Jesus' precious name. Amen. This has been a podcast by Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk.